All right, we're going to do a fun little topic series, just two weeks worth, and we're going to call it zombie hunting because nothing seems like going to church and talking about zombies. But have no fear, you're going to find this very biblical, full of scripture, and um, entirely accurate with the Word of God. He's the Deacon Deacon Jeff Rosignol. It's a fine blend of discipleship and entertainment. Truth is here. With that, let's take a look at that. We all heard of zombies. You know, there's some zombie TV series out there, um, very popular. But do you all know what a zombie is in general? It's pretty much um, living dead or animated dead people, all right? And they're reanimated by either magic or science or a virus, right? And then they're fictional characters, and we can all think of, you know, what they do. They walk around and do all crazy things, right? Y'all familiar with zombies? Anyone familiar with some of the most popular TV shows that have been out for the last seven or eight years? All based around zombies, okay? People love these shows. There's movies out that about zombie apocalypses. There's even rumors that the government has been training for zombie apocalypses so that when the zombies start to go nuts, they have a battle plan. There's even a movie made before that, a couple, but one with uh, Bela Lagosa. Did I say his name right? He was also the first Dracula on the screen, but he did a zombie for that. And he actually used tape and taped his nose up for his makeup for that. He glued his nose up. There's a zombie walk in Berkeley Springs. All right, so let's talk about some of the most popular zombies, or, or zombies you may not have thought are zombies. Anyone recognize that guy? It's a mummy. Frankenstein, right? What about these guys? Minecraft. Those are all over Minecraft. Zombies. Now, for all you comic book people, who is that guy? You'd have to know DC Comics, same Batman, Superman, the Justice League, and they had a bunch of bad guys. And one of them is him. Solomon Grundy. Does that ring a bell? There's actually an old poem about Solomon Grundy. All right? And that's where they came up with that character. He's a zombie. All right? He's really strong. And he's the muscle, so he'll duke it out with Superman. Okay? So zombies have been around for a while. They're really popular. But... Um, and we all think zombies look like green, their, their body parts have fallen off, they're all icky, and they walk around going brains, right? What if I was to suggest to you, this is what zombies really look like. They're smiley, happy people. They're functional people. They're not just dysfunctional people. It's not the people struggling with bad sin. These people got their act together. They got good lives. They're pretty happy. They've got their needs taken care of. They're living a good life. But according to the Bible, they're zombies. They're the walking dead, living dead. 
Okay? Now, I don't want to frighten you. It's not like the pod movie monsters where they're going around and you're like, who's really a zombie? And we're to be afraid of them. That's not the case at all. Um, We're actually supposed to run to them, not run away from them. God tells us to love people, love our neighbor. And we always say that in the Great Command, the Great Commission, which we announce at the beginning of the service. Love God, love people. Right? So we're supposed to go not away from them. We're supposed to go to them. And we have this commandment of God that we always say every Sunday morning. That's why it's our part of our purpose is to make disciples. And here's Jesus with the command for us. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's we're commanded to go after the zombies. Okay? Now, let's. Why did I say all those nice looking people were zombies? Well, here's why. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. There you go, the walking dead, right there following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Right there, there's your horror movie. Hordes of zombies walking around following the devil. That's exactly what the Bible says. Okay, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So Christians, we were once zombies, and we just did what our flesh wanted us to do. We don't care what God said. We just wanted to live in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Whatever we want to do, we do it. And we don't care. What's a God? Who cares? Who cares what the Bible says? We want to be evil. And the devil says, good job, my little minions. Keep ignoring God. Never read your Bible. Don't hang out with the Christians. Don't do nice things. Right? And there you go, the walking dead. Because it says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Alright? God takes our sinful nature very seriously. As a matter of fact, he says it totally obliterates our moral code. So, now we have um, Romans 7.14. I just like to use the scripture as a background. The word of God is alive and active. But Romans 7.14 says, For we know that... The law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Sorry about the split on the words there. But it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Flesh, sin, and death all go together. And that's one of our big enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And without Christ, we're flesh, we're under sin, and we're dead. And we do what dead things do. We stink. 
You know how it says, have you ever heard the Romans Road, where it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Well, this is it more in detail in Romans chapter 3, talking about dead people. As it is written, no, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throats are an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is on their lips, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. And here's a big one. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. This is describing the human race without God. Not only are we dead in our trespasses and sins, but isn't this a horror movie? If we actually saw this visually, shouldn't this terrify us? Okay? Um... Unfortunately, and sometimes it doesn't. Because we don't fear God, we don't fear these things. But people are going to go watch movies and they're going to see visual things like this. Venom coming out of the lips. The throats are open grave. I mean, there is no redeeming quality here. And that's the human race without Jesus Christ. Okay? Living dead. Now, again, the, once it was brought up that, that some people seem acceptable to biblical truth. And... Only to a degree, because at the end of the day, if you were to really push it and encourage someone to really face Jesus, not religion, but if you really have them objectively look at their sinful nature and Jesus Christ, you will either find someone who wants Jesus or someone who really doesn't want Jesus. If if someone's seeming open-minded and tolerant to you, you haven't gone deep enough and been objective enough with them. So, um, And you want to get there. You want to get to the crisis point with a person because it'll save a lot of time and help that person. 1 John 3:14 and 15. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So even as Javin said, one of the Ten Commandments was don't murder. To hate is to murder. And Jesus said that, and here it is again in 1 John. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But they're still in death. Okay? Scripture talks a lot about death. And um, that dead people walking is what a human is without Jesus. Okay? Zombies do not like moral goodness. And that's been more evident in, these, in this last decade. 1 Corinthians 3 and uh, 1 Corinthians 2 says this, For you are still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not of the flesh, I mean, yeah, are you not of the flesh and behaving only as a human, in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, or another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? 
The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, this is talk about fighting and strife within the church. And this is, you know, in the church, the Christians are saying, well, I follow Paul, well, I follow Apollos. And Paul's saying, you're being human, you're, being, you're not being smart, okay? And then jump into 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. You know, things like abortion, right? You ever heard of The View on TV? Whoopi Goldberg and a bunch of other women up there talking about women's rights and whatnot. They love abortion. They, uh, they're very mad that those Planned Parenthood videos are out. They don't like Ben Carson because Ben Carson doesn't like abortion. So those women are very Planned Parenthood and they're, and they're very, they want to see babies die. They live to see babies die. They love death. And they also love sexual immorality because how do you get a baby? Right? So, and of course, and all the people who like to change their photos to rainbow colors and everything, the promoting death and sexual immorality, they believe that's all good. That's pretty evident stuff. Okay? Zombies don't like moral goodness. That's the whole point. So, but are zombies hard to find? You ever seen the zombie mood chart? Okay, I thought that was pretty funny. All right. Are zombies hard to find? How do you know? How can you get beyond the where they're at to the real heart issues of things? Well, before we do that, there's one more thing about zombies we need to know. Zombies are better organized than in the movies. In the movies, zombies usually have one goal, to eat your brains. Okay? Um, <laughs> in real life, zombies have leaders. They have false teachers. This is from the Power Rangers. That's a bad girl from the Power Rangers, right? That's one of the leaders, okay, way back when. 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 7 says, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God. That's always in the big sin list, is not loving God. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. This is in the context of false teachers. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. All right, this sounds like a horror movie too, doesn't it? Creeping into households and capturing weak women, burdened with sin and led astray by various passions. And these leaders are always learning, but never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Because there is the truth. There is the truth that people can know. So these are monsters, right? And these leaders rally up their troops. I, I, I will clearly, there's many preachers on TV who fall into this. 
right? And they are getting into many households through the TV. And some people would rather watch TV and listen to these evil people than come to their local church as God had commanded them to do. Right? They're not interested in the truth. They're interested in being evil. And look what evil people do. I mean, this is, a, this is an animal in a human form here. And but by the grace of God, there go I... That is what every Christian needs to say that. That's our sinless before Christ, right? But we've got to be careful because they do have false teachers who are going to continue to encourage them. So how can we tell if we're found a zombie? You know, if we only had some zombie detectors and really knew we're dealing with a zombie... Well, zombie detector does exist. You can get the app off the... Well, you can get the apps, but... No, the zombie detector is the Word of God. Okay? And that is... I bet you if you checked your app store, there's zombie detectors. That would be interesting. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple things to know how to know if you're not a zombie. Okay? Because the zombie detector is not for other people. The zombie detector is for yourself. You only use it on yourself. So... How do you know if you're not a living dead just going, or if you're actually thinking? First, the first is this. You love Jesus. You love Jesus. You hate religion and you desperately love Jesus. That's a good sign you're alive. Matter of fact, that is the absolute sign you're alive. And lo and behold, Luke 10.27, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This is it. This is the engine of engines. This is the motive, the reason to put your socks on. This is why you exist. And isn't that what we said at the beginning? To love God and people, but to love God. To love God. Specifically, Jesus. A lot of people say they love God and they really hate God. But it's Jesus. Do you desperately love Jesus? If you can't say you desperately love Jesus, you need to to look at your heart a little deeper because you should be very, very scared if Jesus is not on your love list at the top. At the top. You want God most of all. Number two, Proverbs 8.17 I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Look what God says here. You want God most of all. My chant as a baby Christian, 12, 13 years ago, when I would still consider myself baby zone, was to heck with the world, give me Jesus. Because I knew the world wanted me and I had to get away. And as a baby Christian, I didn't know a better way to say it. So I knew this, is that no matter what, I was going to follow God and the world can go jump in a lake. And I'm saying that nicely. Right? Do you have that attitude that the world can go fly? Jesus and me have a plan. And my plan is to follow Jesus and do what he says. And I don't give a rip what the TV says. You know, Caitlin and I are watching a Nature Channel thing about cool animals, and of course they're sliding in animals living a billion years old, and all this nonsense. And it's like, forget it, you stinky! You know, and I'm saying that nicely, 
But do you get mad when you recognize sin encroaching because you love God like crazy and you want Him most of all? That's why we're made. If you don't want God now, why would you want Him when you're dead? Because He's going to be more there, more holy, more awesome. Right? It's pretty logical. Um, what does it look like to diligently seek the Lord? John fourteen twenty one. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me I will uh, he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. God is not hiding from us. Jesus is not hiding from us. All right? But if we diligently seek him, the world becomes so overwhelmingly God's. It's crazy. It's amazing to think that God is holding every molecule in our body together right now on purpose for a reason. Talk about depending on God for everything, right? We're worried if He's going to give us our next meal or He's going to give us enough money for the week. But God's literally holding the universe together. Right? Diligently seek the Lord. Looks like Isaiah 55, 6-7. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let Him return to the Lord that He may have compassion on Him and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. God is waiting for people to come to seek Him so that He can pardon them, forgive them. But a person has to admit they're unrighteous, they have to admit they're wicked in order to come to Jesus to be pardoned. Alright? But are those zombies doing that? No. Here's another one. Love God more than the world. James 4.4 You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Alright? Christians love God. They love Jesus. And they love the Bible. Does Psalm 19, 119, have you ever read Psalm 119? Okay, they go through the entire Hebrew alphabet and give a bunch of verses. And it's all about loving the Word of God. In this case, when this was written, it was the Old Testament. Just the laws in the Old Testament. Can you say as a Christian, you love the Old Testament like Psalm 119? Alright, here's just some highlights of it. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Do you hear the prayer of this psalmist? Is this, is this like the pull of your heart that my ways would be steadfast in keeping your statutes? That's God's laws. 
Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Do we think of God's Bible as righteous rules? And do we want to fix our eyes on those commandments? See how it says bait here? That says we, we would say Beth, but that's actually bait is how you'd say it more. And that means be, all right? How can, you, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Here's a few more from 119. Uh, With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. You know, statutes, precepts, testimonies, these are all the Bible, the moral commands of God. This guy is elated over the Word of God, the Bible, that Old Testament, the New Testament. This guy thinks the Bible is yummy. Do we think the Bible is yummy? Gamal, that comes after bait, and I have no idea what letter that is in the Hebrew alphabet. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. This guy wants it. He wants the Scriptures. He wants to dive into the Scriptures. He wants to get it in his head, get it in his heart, because that's where hope comes from. Whether we're having a good time or a bad time, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that never changes. That's the stuff that is the absolute amazing stuff of stuffs. There, stuff of stuffs. Take that one. That's a bumper sticker. Okay, according to the zombie detector, which are you? Do you love yourself and the world more than the creator of the world? All right. Did that resonate with you? Did the word of God resonate with you? When I, that's all I read to you was the word of God, talking about loving the word of God. Did that turn you on? Did that make you say, you know what? Yeah. Of all the craziness in the world, that makes sense. That's what I want more than anything else. Okay. That's how you know if you're not a zombie. If you said, yeah, just talking and it's Bible, and every time I hear you talk Bible, all I hear is, what am I going to do today? All right, that's a terrifying sign because that means the Holy Spirit is not working in you, and that means if the Word of God is causing your heart to go flatline, That's terrifying. You should be terrified because that is the meaning, purpose of life, the universe, and everything. It's the Word of God that holds the universe together. It's the Word of God that gives meaning to everything all the time. That has got to do something for you. Anyway, here we go. Living a life in obedience to Jesus looks a lot like zombie hunting. So here's uh, just a highlight into next week, just so you can see. Next week we're going to talk about the cure. How do you cure a zombie?
Right? In the, in the zombie series, they're all bunkered down in rooms and they got their favorite weapons and they got to destroy the zombies, right? So next we're going to talk about the cure for zombies and how to hunt a zombie. And then here's a highlight of next week and we'll be done. Ephesians 2, 4-6 through 6. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the cure. you got to ask Jesus to save your sorry, sinful butt so that you can go to heaven. You need to ask Jesus to do it. If you're like, if you just know it and you don't do anything with the information, you're still dead. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which He loved us, even when we were dead. A lot of people liken giving the gospel to, you know, you're on a boat and someone's out in the water and they're drowning and you throw them a light preserver. And the person, all they have to do is grab. Well, how often do dead people grab life preservers? Never. They just, they just do this. Right? Someone needs to bring that person to life or go grab them. But no one is ever going to take the life preserver of the gospel unto themselves. We'll talk next week about what happens. Of course, it's God who made us alive. Made us alive with Christ. That's how it works. Let's pray. Father God, thank You for Your grace and Your mercy that uh, we have a room of people who are alive, truly alive. Um, Alive through the flesh that You brought us into this world and alive by the Spirit, which is the most important birth to have. And that the Word of God is our greatest hope and the, the most amazing passion we have is the Word of God, your Scriptures. And so I ask, Father, that these saints would be um, empowered to love you and diligently seek you and obey you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. From Bible's websites to theology, apps to blogs, there are so many fantastic resources for Christians. Get the latest news and reviews on what is out there to help you grow in Christ. TheSpeakandDeacon.com Truth is here.